Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast on Talk Sport 2. Uh, looking ahead to the start of the ODI series, which gets underway live and exclusive on Talk Sport 2. Coverage getting underway at 10 a.m. The match starts at 11. Be sure to join us. Uh, I'm joined by Darren Goff. Goffy, uh, looking ahead to the start of the series. Well, actually, before we talk about that, uh, the way that South Africa fell away at the end of that uh, T20 series, second innings when England were just going. Um, going crazy really uh, Joss Butler David Milan uh, taking them to a really comfortable victory in the end um, but you've got to worry a little bit about where South Africa are where their head's at where the captaincy's at where the whole team at it's, uh, it, it, let's hope it's not as one-sided as that last game well to be fair you know um, I, I was in touch with Mark Boucher actually uh, just now and um, to wish him an happy birthday um, and we, I talked a little bit uh, to him about the series, and I actually thought South Africa in the first two games were pretty good. Um, I think um, they give England a good run for their money. It's needed something special from England in both those one days. Johnny Bairstow's 80, and obviously uh, Morgan and uh, Milan, the way they played in that second one, chasing down a total. What let him down, and I think it was quite obvious, was his inexperience and the skillability of some of his bowlers to deliver a plan. And what I mean by that is but they're under pressure. Uh, Buren Hendricks, I talked about that uh, didn't I, uh, during the first, second one day, but just before the second uh, T20. Um, that one over cost South Africa, let's be honest about it. And Giri in the second game um, didn't bowl well uh, at all. And then in the third game, uh, that was just England at their very best um, when with the bat. When they're chasing down the total, Josh Butler just uh, the anchorman, really, mm-hmm. um, and just the spectator as uh, David Milan played and quite extraordinary innings. Uh, whether he was sweeping, whether he was hooking, whether he was cutting, whether he was dabbing, whether he was inside out over extra, that was one hell of an innings. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I thought the gulf between the two sides only really became apparent when he seemed to click it up a gear. And as you say, it's very often you see Joss Butler playing the holding role. Um, but credit to him. I tell you what, complete this, by the way. Highest ever ranking. If you go back in time and you apply the method that they have now, the highest ranked batsman of all time, test batsman, would be Don Bradman. Uh, the highest ever ODI batsman would be Viv Richards. And the highest ever T20 batsman, David Milan. Uh, that just shows you how good you've got, to, you've got to be to get into that side. I'm not believing that, though. Listen, David Milan is having a, an absolutely unbelievable spell. Um, averaging over 50 with a bat, with a strike rate around 150. It's pretty impressive, but <laughs> Richards were pretty yeah. good. A.B. de Villiers, I'm pretty impressed by him, and, and Verat Corley uh, are three players that spring to mind. Um, but there's no doubt um, he's in a, a rich vein of form. And if you consider only 12 months ago... They were struggling to get him into the side. Owen Morgan were reluctant to give him a chance. Um, and nobody could quite understand it. Uh, I think because when he kept getting the odd game here and there, he always delivered. And now he's got that place. It's sealed down for him at the moment. Um, what is it, 18 games or something? 17, 16 games before the World Cup. Um, he's going to have to have a real drop-off um, for Joe Root to get his place at number three in that side. I bet Joe's absolutely gutted. And, and, and it wouldn't surprise me now with these one day as... Coming up, if Joe Root has an absolute uh, belter of a series, he's going to be so determined to deliver. He's seen Milan play the way he's played. And Joe's capable of that, by the way. People think Joe is just one of these test batsmen who's just going to plod along. But you've seen him in test matches. He likes to get after the ball. He likes to score. And if you look at the importance of players um, like Cam Williamson that he is in T20 cricket... Joe Root could be England's man to just to do that role. And I think they are keen to get him in, but there's no way they can do that at the moment while <laughs> Davin Milan is playing the way he is. Absolutely. Well, let's look ahead to that ODI series. I actually caught up with the captain, Owen Morgan. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy this week with the, the signalling, the codes coming from the dressing room onto the pitch. Um, uh, one of your old mates, Michael Vaughan, weighed in saying he'd never take that. He's, what's your captain on the field... Uh, you just deal with uh, you deal with what goes on out the field. You're not going to be taking instruction from up from the balcony. Uh, and it was a question I asked of Owen Morgan. There were some viewpoints put out on social media following that from former England captains, suggesting that they would be almost morally outraged that uh, they were being told what to do. Um, as someone who's been in and around the England camp for a decade and more. Can you give me an idea of the way the game has moved on, the way the game has changed insofar that how a similar kind of suggestion would have been taken when you started as a player to where we find ourselves now with the game? Yeah, I think captains are, are, are different. You get captains that I think really enjoy, I suppose, the title and the power and, and um, the accolades that go with it. And then you have other captains that, like continue to be pushed and want to learn for the benefit of the team. And for me, that is a, this is a system that we're going to use to try and help myself and the other leaders within the side, uh, almost take a little bit like the emotional and the feel of the decision-making on the field and compare it to the hard data that is continuing to feed inf information into us and the off guys off field. And for me, captaincy hasn't, hasn't changed a little bit. I think 
as leaders within a group, you continue to change with either trends of younger players coming through, trends of the game, uh, and what's needed at that moment in time. I'd like to talk to you about uh, Johnny Bairstow as well, if if that's okay. Now, there's a um, there's a there's a kind of view of Johnny that he he bats best when he's he's got to be in his body, when he feels he's got something to prove, when he's angry. Essentially, uh, we kind of um, that's how we kind of saw his century in Sri Lanka. It's kind of how we saw his um, when I say we, I suppose I mean Talksport and. Um, when he scored the match-winning innings in the first T20. That's how it's kind of caricatured. Is that how the dressing room sees Johnny? Do you, when he goes out to bat in similar situations, is, is that how you view him? Uh, and if not, how do you view him? No, that's certainly not how we view him. Uh, we see Johnny as one of the best players in the world, particularly in the white ball format. And to say he only performs when he's angry, I think is undervaluing Johnny or, or not giving him credit where, he's, where it's due. Uh, Johnny performs against the best sides in the world. He takes the best bowling lineups in the world on and succeeds majority of the time. So uh, we feel that he's, he's one of our best players. So when he walks out to bat, we're thinking we, we're delighted to have him in our team. And lastly, can you tell me, do you think it's a benefit that you, um, you play limited overs cricket for England only and so far that it gives you an opportunity to work in and around the county scene? I mean, not necessarily in four-day uh, four cricket, but it means that the players that come into the team, into the England side, um, you've come up against during the summer. So you actually have some kind of... Uh, knowledge about them before they actually represent England in terms of having to face them or or play alongside them? Um, that's, I think that's a difficult question because obviously the, the, the regional stuff that we play in Canada, you play against. So my knowledge in, in playing against uh, people that, that play in the northern group of the T20 um, and to get a feel of what they're like on the field is is poor because I never play against them. But my all-round knowledge of their game, because of technology, is is excellent. There are very few things that are missed nowadays, and this has been going on for a considerable period of time, that everybody is logged and um, coded, and there are very few players that come out of the blue that haven't been either involved in a county age group or a national or regional um, representative, maybe academy, let alone squad. So it's, it's very rarely that you you miss a player coming through. Um, yeah, so to come back to your original question, I think it is a benefit for me because I'm good at white ball cricket and I'm terrible at red ball cricket. Owen Morgan there, the England captain, World Cup winner. And, uh, well, you heard him. He gave, uh, he gave a pretty considered answer to the question, didn't he? He thinks that... Uh, captaincy's moved on and you've you've got to go with the times essentially that he's been playing for a long long time now uh, and maybe 12 years ago it wouldn't have been seen but now you've got to go with it the other question I asked of course was about Johnny Bairstow we always describe him as an angry player don't we you know when he's got a point to prove that's when you're going to see the best of Johnny Bairstow well he hooked me for six on that one he wasn't having any of that Um, and then of course followed up with a, a question about the benefits 
of actually playing cricket with the people that come into the team. Something that maybe Trevor Bayliss and Joe Root don't get. They play so much cricket, they've got a player in their team all of a sudden, and they don't know what this person's like. They've never faced them on the county circuit. But let's go back to that point. I mean, Darren Goff, you're out there on the field, and some you're about you're setting your field. You've got your bowlers, you're ready to go, and then suddenly the analyst is saying, actually, you should probably think of a different field position and get a different bowler on. I'm all for it. Um, I really am. And I think the reason uh, that is, is the way coaching is done these days. You're always looking for that next uh, thing that will help and enhance the ability of the captain on the field. Because sometimes, as we've seen in the past, or in Morgan, we go back to that T20 final when Ben Stokes got it for those sixes. He, for the only time I've ever seen Owen, was not panic, but he probably didn't deal with it. He should have slowed the play down, spoke to Ben Stokes and changed things. That's where the analyst comes in, knows where the player hits. I knew it. I was talking about it on um, radio at the time, but we all know where he was going to hit the ball, the way he was looking to hit the ball. It's his only shot. We've seen it many times in playing uh, since. And he just didn't just step back. He just kept going and going and going. And Owen just let him keep going and going and going. He should have slowed it down. And sometimes, it, just because someone gives you a bit of advice, it doesn't mean you have to... Take yeah. it. And it's a typical coach-captain relationship. The idea of the coach is basically when you go in at lunchtime or at the break or, or at a drinks break, and they've got these tactical breaks now we're bringing into the game, is you go out there and you say what you see from, from distance. Mm. The captain might not see that because he's in there in the, 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 that moment of wildness during a T20 or 50-over game, and it's a bit of advice. If you go back and just relate to it to football, you remember when West Ham, um, Debbie Moyes had COVID. Mm. He was watching the TV on home, at home. Stuart Pearce was watching it from the stands and Alan Irvine was on the touchline. You had three different views of the game all coming together and they got the results. Sometimes that helps. And putting it up on there, with all the... Um, analyst does in a team and I've seen it close up in New Zealand the where a player hits it the percentage of shots under pressure where he would look to hit and we all do it you go for your favorite shot when you're under pressure if they can see that and they've done all the stats that back it up why not tell the captain if he can understand the numbers and the letters they put up why not go with it so I think it was absolute genius from England we go back to Bob Wilmer when he did it for Warwickshire with the microphones and the earpieces and they got done for it do you remember that mm. many many years ago but even then I thought that was way ahead of time I thought that was brilliant I thought it was genius I tell you what Jared Kimber is back uh, he's going to be part of the ODI setup he's going to be loving hearing this oh. I mean he's got, in fact I'm going to play this out to him as part of the first show well, what, have, what, what have you got to say to Jared wouldn't, wouldn't Jared like it uh, i that's what an analyst's job is. An analyst, for me, as I said, Jared's one of the best in the business. He knows what it's about, and he's going to be on side with it. They do hours and hours of research. They don't just rock up on the day and just think, oh, this is what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. They know everything. They know where he's going to hit the ball. They know the percentage of balls that will go in the first ball of an over, the last ball of an over. Sometimes the bowler wouldn't know that. Sometimes the bowler is lazy. He might get a video of a player batting. He might skip through it quickly, like we used to do. But these guys, they go through it with a fine-tooth comb, don't they? Um, and it's brilliant. And I'm totally with England on, on this. If you speak to people about bowling coaches around the world and who is very good and who's arguably the best out there, it'll be Shane Bond, 
from New Zealand and he does all this sort of stuff. So that's what he does. He analyses the game, he analyses batsmen, he analyses each ground you go to, where the, most of the boundaries on that ground are hit. That's all the information these analysts get. Why not use that data? Every other sport uses it. Football uses it every single week. They have analysts. That's what they're for. They're not there just to make up and pay another person a wage just to go up on a tour. They're there to give you information. And if they can pass it on during game time, can help you win a game. Brilliant stuff. Quick uh, look at the uh, the game, the first match. A couple of players into the ODI squad who weren't part of the T20 setup. You ring them uh, yourself, actually, on your uh, crib sheet. So Lewis Gregory coming in, Liam Livingston, Joe Root, who you already mentioned, Ollie Stone and Chris Wokes. Ollie Stone's a name that jumps out of that page to hey, me. Before we go with Ollie Stone, let's say about Mark Wood. He's absolutely itching to have a game. Um, I thought he would have got a game in the T20. Uh, it wasn't a B. Um, he's in the 50-over squad. I would expect him to start. Wokesy comes back in, consistency at the 50-over game. Again, another player who will probably be disappointed he's not in the T20 squad. Another one with a point to prove. Uh, Reese Topley, he'll be hoping for some game time. Ollie Stone, by far, Johnny Bairstow, I interviewed him the other day, didn't I? And he talked about how quick, mm. e-bold and very difficult to pick up. Um, and I'm very impressed by him, obviously. Um, I've seen him since we were a young lad. I gave him his cap. Uh, over in Sri Lanka so yeah. that was pretty special and I'm looking forward to seeing Moeen Ali if he gets a game as well so I think he's a fantastic addition to England somehow he's another player they're going to have to try and sneak into that starting 11 come India for the T20 World Cup so I expect him to come out hungry as well and, and looking to perform Brilliant stuff Goffey I'm going to let you go you've got a drive time meeting to, uh, to be had I don't want Adrian Durham on my case. Um, but yeah, you can listen to live and exclusive coverage. Talk Sport 2 is the place to be. 10 a.m. Friday, and the game gets underway at 11. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.